My name is Al Webb, and I'm one of the elders here at LifePoint. Pastor Lane is preaching this morning at Redeemer Church on the north side of uh, Springfield, which is a church that we planted uh, with our uh, uh, staff intern, Greg Gommer, uh, and Nathan Johnson five years ago. So uh, please keep them in your prayers as he's celebrating with them uh, five years of uh, uh, injecting the gospel into the north side of Springfield and throughout the world. Um, This morning, I'd like to talk with you about the value of church membership. And so let's go ahead and uh, turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 2, and then we'll read that here in just a moment. You know, I grew up in the church, and I honestly never gave church membership uh, much thought. It was something we did in my church uh, when someone walked the aisle. It was part of the package of becoming a Christian. Actually, I somehow managed to join my church without becoming a Christian, which is one of the very things that uh, church membership and the church membership process uh, is designed to help us avoid. In my mind, as a preteen, I thought that joining the church and being baptized was the same as becoming a Christian. I didn't understand that being on the church membership roster, that being baptized and being active in my church and living a good life and doing good works didn't make me a Christ follower, even though I had been taught the truth of salvation from birth, it had not sunk in. Unlike LifePoint, my church didn't offer any kind of membership classes. And they were lax on intentional counseling for those who uh, came forward and wanting to join the church. We would basically uh, walk the aisle, build out an information card that'd stand us in front of the church and ask the church to give a quick show of hands if uh, we're accepted as a member or always got a kick. Sometimes they'd say uh, I for yes and nay for no. I always thought that was kind of old way of talking, but that was fun. But anyway, uh, I don't recall anyone ever saying nay to anyone who wanted to join the church, even though in many cases we may have known very little uh, about those individuals and what was going on in their their lives and their hearts. It was assumed that because I had grown up in a Christian home, that I faithfully attended church, I lived a good life, at least, you know, a good life for a 10-year-old. And because I walked the aisle, that I was a true Christ follower. But sadly, I wasn't. I didn't really understand what it meant to know him and to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. And I definitely didn't understand the role of the church played in the individual Christian's life. I knew a lot about Christ, but I didn't know Christ. And there's a big difference. Sadly, I'm certain that I wasn't the only person who ever joined the church without knowing Christ. It wasn't until three or four years later that I actually had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ and truly became a Christ follower. And I know that some of you can share similar testimonies. 
And it's possible that some of you may be here today with the hope of knowing God and perhaps gaining favor with God or paying penance for a sin or a sinful lifestyle or trying to get God's blessings by attending church. But we need to be clear. Church attendance, church activity, and church membership in and of themselves will not save you. Only a personal relationship and trust in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross on your behalf will provide the favor and grace that you need and may be seeking from God now. If you don't believe that you've actually come to know Christ, that you have actually uh, committed yourself to his lordship, I invite you and encourage you to take a few minutes after the service to come forward and talk with one of the elders and we'd be able uh, to visit with you and help guide you through your spiritual journey. After becoming a Christ follower, I did focus on my personal relationship uh, with the Lord and my growth in the Lord, but for many years I probably discounted the value and importance of church membership and its importance on my personal relationship with Christ. Over the years, as I've continued to grow in my relationship with the Lord and his people, and as I've read and studied scriptures, and as I've been, been involved with some excellent parachurch ministries, and as I've observed what is in, occurring within our Western culture, in the world, and within today's churches, I've grown in my appreciation and understanding of church membership. Especially over the past 17 years, uh, Kelly and I have had the joy of being members of three churches that actually require membership classes in order to become a uh, member of the church. Also, I've had the blessing and the honor of leading many of you through the navigation membership classes here uh, at LifePoint. And I can say I now have a greater conviction of the value and necessity of church membership to not only the individual Christian's life, but to my life and my family's life, but also to the whole body of Christ and the purpose for his church. Church membership is often misunderstood and undervalued by many Christians. We live in a day where church membership is often marginalized, when low commitment to the church is not only acceptable, but it's the norm for many Christians. This is not at all how the scriptures present church membership or what Christ expects and commands. Acts chapter 2 demonstrates a high priority for every Christ follower to identify and participate with the local body of believers. So let's look at Acts chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 41. This is taking place immediately after the coming of the Holy Spirit uh, upon the disciples and after Peter has preached his first public sermon to the masses of the gospel of Christ. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. 
And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad, generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Today, it's more than important than ever to identify with and covenant with a local church that preaches and teaches the whole counsel of God's Word by the power of the Holy Spirit. We should covenant with a local church that is on mission to spread Christ's gospel locally and to the whole world a church like LifePoint. Because Christians covenant together under Christ's lordship as a local church to serve his mission. So there are three vital questions that help us to understand the value of covenant church membership. And first of all, it's important that we take a look at exactly what the church is. So naturally, the first question is, what is the church? The church was established by Christ himself. He loves it. He suffered for it. He died for it, and he has chosen, designated, commanded, and uses it to bring the hope and power of the gospel to a lost and dying world. God has ordained the local church to reveal his manifold wisdom to the world and to inject his life into a spiritually dead world. He intends for Christ's followers to be intimately involved in the vision and mission of his church. The church is God's physical presence here in the world. It's the community of Christ's followers for all time who've been loved, rescued, redeemed, saved from God's wrath, reconciled, and redefined to the world. The Bible refers to the church in two contexts, the universal church and the local church. The universal church refers to believers across the globe throughout all time, even the uh, saints that we read about in the Old Testament who looked forward to Christ's coming uh, in the future. The local church is a reference to a local group of believers that regularly gather to do and be the church as we do here at LifePoint. The Greek word for church is ekklesia, and it's used 114 times in the New Testament. Of those times, only a few are references to the universal church. The majority of New Testament references to church addresses a specific body of believers, which is the local church. When you read through the New Testament, there are many references to the church through various images that help us better understand what the church is. The first, probably my favorite, is the image of Christ's body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Paul doesn't say the church is like a body. 
He says the church is the body of Christ. And we are members of his body. To not love and care for Christ's body and all its body parts is disobedient. Unhealthy for you and for the church and not wise at all. If we are members of Christ's physical body, then how can we not be attached to it? I'm not sure that many of us would want to function without all of our body parts. A body part that is not a part of the whole body is severed and dismembered. It will eventually die without blood supply and the whole of the body that remains will be less complete than it was originally designed to be. Unfortunately, too many churches today look like piles of dismembered body parts. Not a body knit together as God's agent, his body, his kingdom at work in the world. Listen to me, Christian. Do not discount the importance of and the critical role that you play in the body of Christ. All body parts are important to the body of Christ, and that includes you, Christ follower. To reject the value of membership and your importance to the health and function of his body is to deny what God has already established in fact. Another image in the scripture of the church is that of a flock of sheep. In 1 Peter, it tells us that the church elders to shepherd the flock of God that is among you. If we are sheep, we either need to be in the flock or we'll die alone and unprotected. For you see, sheep are herd animals that require a shepherd to watch over them. And if a sheep is separated from the flock, it will eventually be devoured by wild animals. This is a warning to each of us as individual members of the flock of the church. God intends for us to be very much a part of the flock under a shepherd's leadership for our own protection. Another image of the church in scripture is that of the image of a family. First Timothy chapter three refers to the household of God, which is the church of the living God. If we are called to be God's children, we are going to be an active part of his family. To not be a part of your earthly family is to be estranged. And I know that tragically, some of you know this all too well with your earthly family. It's a tragedy not to have a meaningful relationship with the other members of your family. So it is with the Christ followers who is not connected to a local family of believers. Both the Christ follower and the church family members are missing out on the blessing of love, relationship, accountability, and spiritual growth. And it's preventing the local church from being as healthy and beneficial to God's mission as it could and should be. Another image of the church is that uh, of a building. In Ephesians 2, it tells us that we are members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together 
grows into a holy temple of the Lord. Ephesians tell us that Christ Jesus is the cornerstone and that he is building and growing his church into a holy temple. And we are like the bricks in that building. When you consider the bricks of the building, the bricks are typically on the building. If they aren't on the building, then they can't identify with it. And the scripture tells us that God joins his church together to be built up into a holy temple. Listen closely, Christ follower. What God is doing and will do in your life is not just for you. Your life is intended to be built together with that of other Christ followers. Don't allow yourself to be in the pile of bricks that aren't on the building, that have no identity, serve no purpose in and of themselves. You need to be a functional part of the spiritual temple that Christ is building, and that temple, the church, needs you. Another image of the church is that of the precious bride of Christ. Revelation chapter 19 says, Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. As the bride of Christ, the church is preparing for his return and saying with the Holy Spirit, Come, Lord Jesus, come. The bride is to be pure and holy and ready for his return. As the gathered bride, each Christ follower is a worshiper, engaging the heart to deepen relationship with God and being prepared for his return in his eternal presence. These images provide important insight for Christ followers to understand or identify in Christ and the value of covenant together in the church. But some of you may ask, but is church membership scriptural? So naturally, our second question is, was there church membership in the New Testament times? You won't find the specific words church membership in the scriptures. However, the implication of the whole of Scripture is clear. When a person receives Jesus, they are to become an active part of a local community of believers, which is the local church. In 1 and 2 Corinthians, we read that the early churches were putting people out of the body and welcoming them back in based on certain scriptural criteria regarding unrepentant lifestyle sin and then their eventual repentance of that sin and restoration to Christ and the body, his local church. Scripture teaches that we are to be a part of a local body and that we can be officially separated from the church body due to our unrepentance. If there were no church membership, there would have been no way to put someone out of the church because they weren't even in it to begin with. How convenient for an unbeliever to go to a church that does not emphasize membership, be an active church attender who may knowingly or perhaps unknowingly pose or identify as a Christ follower, cause all kinds of havoc and heartache in the lives of the church, 
misrepresent the church to the community, and then simply walk away from all the destruction that they've caused. The Scripture calls these people wolves, and the leaders of the church are charged to protect the church from these wolves, and church membership is the primary way that we do that. Please don't get me wrong. We happily welcome our guests and our regular attenders, but we do limit their level of leadership and influence on the body. Also, we're not eagerly looking for opportunities to put someone out of the church body. In fact, to the contrary, we go to great lengths to prevent it from ever getting to that point. That's part of church discipline, and that's another sermon in and of itself. Though the topic of church discipline is covered in our navigation membership classes, which I would encourage anyone interested in church membership to attend. But my point is that you can't put someone out of the church if they were never in it to begin with. Therefore, this is a strong indication that even in the early days of the church, membership was practiced. There are many other scriptures that indicate that church membership is biblical and always has been practiced from the very beginning of the church. Uh, throughout the scriptures, we see numerical records and records of widows, uh, awareness of who was a member, elections were conducted, discipline was carried out, elders were accountable for members' lives, members were accountable to their elders, Many of Paul's New Testament letters are addressed to specific local churches. Jesus, through John, addressed seven specific local churches in the first three chapters of Revelation. The implication of the whole scripture is clear. When a person receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are to officially become an active part of a community of believers called the local church. This brings us to our third question. Why is covenant membership valuable for Christ's followers today? Even if it's agreed that Christianity isn't a lone ranger religion, that we need community and fellowship with other Christians, some of us may still bristle at the thought of officially joining a church. Why all the hoops? Why box the Holy Spirit into membership and non-member categories? Why bother joining a church when I'm already a member of the universal church? Why commit to minister in and through this local body? Why tie myself down? Well, I want to offer seven reasons that covenant membership is valuable for your life as a Christ follower. First of all, it's valuable because it equips you for personal spiritual growth and protection. Is church membership required to be a Christ follower? No. But being a part of a local church is for your own protection and spiritual growth and for the good of others. Not being a church member is someone like trying to drive at night without your headlights. You can certainly do it, but I'm not sure you'd want to do so. It's not a wise move. The headlights are there for a reason. 
there are real problems and dangers out there, such as driving into a tree or maybe driving over somebody or over a cliff. In the same way, in the spiritual life of a Christ follower, there are spiritual problems and dangers that are dangerous to try to maneuver through them alone without the relationships and support, accountability, and admonishment of a local church body. The Scripture teaches us that our own heart is deceptive. So as Christ followers, we need a body of believers that we're personally accountable to, who know us, and who are watching over our spiritual health. A church where they not only know your name, but are, intimate, are an intimate part of your life. In today's culture, church membership is probably even more necessary and, and important because of its confusing perversions, of biblical doctrines, their intertwining with New Age thinking, humanism and the mixing up and equating with other religions. There seems to be more and more churches in name only, churches that don't even resemble the church that is referenced in the Scripture. Church membership is one primary way that we protect our members from the wolves who promote false doctrine. It's actually a central part of healthy church membership. A church that doesn't protect its members is extremely vulnerable to wolves who will come in and lead people astray with doctrines that sound good but are contrary to Scripture and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hear me, Christian. It's not a matter of if wolves will try to come in, but it's a matter of when, who, and how often. Honestly, all generations have dealt with this issue, but it seems more prevalent and subtle in our Western church culture today than it has been in recent generations. So, as believers, we must be able to discern wrong doctrine and theology from truth. Many times, Christians don't concern themselves with the doctrine of their church. But doctrine, what the church is, and what it and you believe are critical and important to your relationship with the Lord. Secondly, covenant membership is valuable because you participate in community relationship. There is a pretty strong spectator mentality in today's church culture and a pretty strong tendency to church hop anytime things aren't quite to our liking at our current church. Now, I do realize there are legitimate reasons and time when God does call us away from one church and to another. In fact, he's done that in my family's life. But I do believe that there is a lot of church membership and church attendance movement that is a reflection of no covenant commitment to the local church body, especially when things get tough and when the Lord is using the church to work on refining our own rough edges. It's interesting that this is all too often the same phenomena, phenomena 
that more and more marriages are dealing with in our culture. The thought is that if you're struggling with the old one, trade it in for a new one. Why not? It's thought to be easier to start fresh relationships elsewhere than to stay in relationships that require us to confront uncomfortable sinful areas in our own lives that require God's attention and remedy with the help of our church family. Growth into godliness can and does hurt. For instance, as I interact with others, in our local church body, my own laziness and zeal is exposed, as is my lack of patience, my, uns- my selfishness, my prayerlessness, my insensitivity, my hesitancy to love and associate with the lowly, and with those people I'm not naturally drawn to in relationship. Yet, This interaction also gives me the opportunity to be lovingly confronted by brothers and sisters in Christ who are in the trenches with me. And it gives me a safe place to confess and repent of my sins. To grow as a Christ follower, we need others who are ahead of us and stronger to encourage us to come along. To grow as a Christ follower, we also need those behind us and weaker than us whom we are encouraging to come along together as God intended it. Who are those people in your life? Staying actively involved in a local congregation is necessary for a person to stay encouraged in the Christian life. Encouragement from the body of Christ is essential for healthy personal growth in Christ. Church membership is the pathway to spiritual growth for the Christ follower, both personally and corporately. When you covenant as a member, you place yourself together with other Christians to labor for the health, strength, and growth of the body of Christ, the church. Covenant membership and community is a beautiful reflection of the gospel when God's people follow their leaders build life with one another, and preach the gospel to one another. But when church is just a place you attend without ever committing to covenant relationship, you must consider whether you're avoiding this level of commitment and intimate relationships and why. Does your relationship with the local church even somewhat resemble how the church members related to one another in the passage that we just read in Acts chapter 2. Third, covenant membership in a local church is valuable because it demonstrates God's love to unbelievers. John 13 says, A new commandment I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. To better understand how to love one another, I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where true love is defined by actions and attitudes, not by feelings, which is totally contrary to our culture today. The church is identifiable in the world to her love for Jesus and for one another. 
particularly powerful is God-given love for other church members who outside of the church we might not naturally love or be drawn towards. A very distinctive difference from those who aren't a part of the body of Christ. What are we telling the world when we do not love each other enough to covenant together? When we tell them we love Jesus, but we're not committed to love and relate with and stick with the members of his body, the church. It's important that church members be committed to love and encourage one another in our church community. That means on Sundays, in community groups, in our service uh, team, servant teams, that we make an intentional effort to relate to people at a deeper level. Greet, talk, encourage, pray together, eat together, share life together. Number four, covenant membership is valuable because it enables you to express a life of serving in Jesus' name. As we read in uh, Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, the Holy Spirit gives every Christ follower spiritual gifts to meet needs in his name. These gifts are to be used within the local church for the purpose of building up the church. God intends to use your life to serve and meet the needs of others in Jesus' name. You should join the church to develop, use, and apply your spiritual gifts. And because other Christ followers need you and the spiritual gift and the natural gifts that God has given to you. Fifth, Covenant membership is valuable because it joins you to a body of his people on mission. What church is about is not up to the people in the pew or in the pulpit for that matter. Jesus was clear about the church mission in the world when he expressed the great, command, great commandment in Matthew chapter 22 and the great commission in Matthew 28. Membership equips the church to obediently live on mission. That is what he commanded us to be about, not what has become the Americanized or westernized version of Christianity, which basically has treated the church as a means toward a better life. Christ and the church turn our lives upside down and inside out as he calls us to serve together with other Christ followers. Church membership is participating in the gospel mission to advance God's kingdom. Christian, are you answering that call? Number six, covenant membership is valuable because it identifies you to church leaders. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and 1 Peter chapter 5, we find part of the job description for elders and deacons. It is the work of the elders to guard, lead, feed, and care for the flock. And if the elders and pastors are to faithfully care for the flock, they must be able to identify who the flock is. If you want those who are to be your spiritual leaders to know you and support you, you need to identify with the flock. 
When you enter covenant membership, you place your life under the spiritual authority of the leaders. And this is by God's design for your spiritual care, nourishment, growth, and well-being. And finally, covenant membership is valuable because you bring glory to God. We bring glory to God as we formally identify ourselves with what he has done and is doing through the gathered people, the church. To become a Christian and not join a church has no biblical foundation, no teaching, example, principle, or guiding wisdom. It denies the intended purpose of Christ, of a Christ follower community for your life, including responsibility through serving, leading, and growing. Also, accountability through encouragement, study, discipline, and relationship. Without the life of the church, you cannot become all that God intends for you. The church provides an essential environment for your life to grow in Christ. I challenge you, and I encourage you, I implore you, to make your life speak louder than you. Join and actively be a part of a community that makes an eternal impact on the world and for all eternity. Fight for the movement of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ through the body of his called and sent children into the darkness of the world all the way into the hearts of people who are hiding, lost, and hurting in the midst of that darkness. Fight for the church. The church is worth dying for. Christ did. And by this we know that the church is worth living in. Christian, you need membership commitment because you need to be connected to a Christian community. Individualist Christianity is a myth and a damaging pursuit. At the end of the day, we're redeemed and we're to allow him to place us in his body, the church. The bottom line is that church membership is a question of biblical necessity, not personal preference. 